So Matthew chapter 9, page 789. The story that Abby just read to us is a really powerful story uh, of a man who <clears throat> comes to Jesus paralyzed and leaves from Jesus' presence carrying his mat and walking home. Now, one of the things when you read the story or when you listen to the story is that right off the bat, we get a sense that something more is going on here in this story. And in fact, it's important if we're going to understand what God is communicating to us today <clears throat> to realize what the root cause that gives rise to what's happening here. You see, if we get the root cause wrong, we're gonna get the root solution wrong. <clears throat> we know this in life, that sometimes we think we're sure what the issue is, only to find out it's actually a different issue than we thought it was. For example, if you are strapped for cash, you might think that the root cause is that you don't earn enough money. And that is a very possible root cause for that problem. But it may also be that it's not how much you're making, it's how much you're spending. That's a different root cause. There's also the possible root cause that maybe you haven't given the Lord his due. Maybe you've not honored him with your wealth and as a result, he's not caused you uh, to be able to prosper in sort of your budgets for the month. That's another root cause. Different root causes call for different root solutions, different solutions to the problem. Likewise, if you're, study, if you're struggling with English class at school, you might think the root cause of that problem is, is that you're just bad at English. That may actually be the root cause. You may not be wired that way. It could also be that you've not spent enough time praying for God's help in that class. That could also be the root cause. It may be that uh, you don't have good study skills. <laughs> or you haven't been disciplined and self-controlled in the power of the Spirit to go after this the way that the Lord would want you to do that. Different root causes call for different solutions. And if you get wrong what's happening, you're gonna pursue the wrong solution or get the wrong message out of it. Maybe you struggle with racial insensitivity. And you might think the root cause of that is that perhaps you have a bad theology about how race and ethnicity is supposed to work. That may indeed be the root cause. It could also be that you've not ever had the opportunity where God has given you the chance to love and serve somebody who looks different than you are, has a different background than you are, and that may be the reason why you're less sensitive than you would like to be. It could also be that there are generational sins that you don't even know anything about that are affecting how you view others who are different than you. Different root causes, different solutions that are necessary. So it is with this story. There's actually three options for what's going on in the story, which is why in the three illustrations that I've just used, I gave three different root causes. In our story, we have three different options when you and I hear this story of what kind of story it is. And depending on how we hear this story is how we're going to hear the message God has for us today. Two of the options, we're gonna go through all three of them. Two of them are wrong and one is right. So let's start with the wrong root cause of what's happening in this story. The first option for what is going on, I've got a little chart here to help us keep track of this. The first option is that this is a faith healing story. 
This is a faith healing story. If that were the case, then the issue that's going on is you have a paralyzed man. Paralysis is the problem. And the root solution, if that's the problem, is faith. It seems to make sense that our story could be that. After all, in verse two, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, meaning the faith of the men who carry the paralyzed man in and the man who is paralyzed, when he sees collectively their faith, so we have faith in our story, and then at the end, the man gets healed. He was paralyzed, and at the end, he's able to walk, and so we might think, well, this is a faith-healing story. There are faith-healing stories in the Bible. I actually don't think this is one of them, and the way to know that is let's look at a faith-healing story and compare the two. As God would have it, we have a very good faith healing story just a few verses later in this same chapter. So if you look further on in Matthew chapter 9 to verses 20 to 22, we will see that there are most definitely faith healing stories. Verse 20, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. This is most definitely a faith healing story. You have a woman who wants to be healed, she sees Jesus and has faith to believe if I can touch his cloak, something powerful is going to happen. She goes and does that. Jesus acknowledges it's her faith that brings the healing. And we're told she's healed at that moment. That is a faith healing story. But now back to our story. If you read our story carefully, you're going to find that nowhere does this man or his friends ask to be healed? There's no request for healing. And, verse two, it says when Jesus saw their faith, it doesn't say that all of a sudden he was healed. He says, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. So while there are most definitely faith healing stories in the Bible, I don't think this is one of them. If it were, God's message to you today, whatever the issue you're going through, it might be a health issue, it might be a relational issue, it might be a social issue, it might be an occupational issue, uh, it might be a mental health issue, it might be some issue you're experiencing. If this were a faith healing story, then God's message to you and I today would be, look, Jesus has the power to do something about what's going on in our lives. We just need to ask him to help us to believe so that we can experience that power. A very valid message but not the one for us this morning from this passage. There's a second option of the way to hear our story of this paralytic man, and that is a forgiving a sin kind of story. If it were this kind of story, the issue is still paralysis, but now instead of the root solution being faith, the root solution is, well, we gotta confess the sin that caused the paralysis. When you first hear this story, I think the second option is the one that I most immediately thought it was. After all, you've got Jesus saying, son, your sins are forgiven. And 
the man gets healed. So it looks like, well, this guy's done something that's resulted in his paralysis. When he meets Jesus, Jesus actually has the authority to forgive that thing. We get it forgiven and the man is healed. Now there are stories in the Bible of forgive a sin and receive healing stories. Like for example, in John chapter five. In John chapter five, we have another paralytic who Jesus heals. But listen to what Jesus says to the man after he heals him. See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Very clearly, John chapter five is a story where somebody sinned, as a result, they were experiencing paralysis. When they acknowledged that sin and were forgiven for that sin, they were healed from it. We also have examples in 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul says, the reason some of you are sick is because you have not taken seriously God's church and you have not taken seriously the Lord's Supper. And if you would stop doing that, and start honoring the Lord, you would stop being sick. That's a forgive a sin story. I actually don't think this is that one either for a couple of reasons. One, if it was confess a sin story, what Jesus says in verse two is really strange. He says to the man, take heart, your sins are forgiven. He doesn't say, I forgive you. He says, you now exist in a state where your sins are forgiven. That's a strange way to say it, if it's option two. The other thing that's really strange is nowhere in this story does anybody acknowledge sin on the part of this man. He doesn't confess his sin. Jesus doesn't say he has a particular sin. There's no discussion of sin. There's no idea that, hey, look, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man never once acknowledges that he's done something wrong. And the question is, can you actually have forgiveness for a sin if you don't ever confess it? And the answer is no. Not really. That believe it or not, as hard as it may be to believe, to think this, Jesus does not actually have the ability to simply announce sins forgiven. If he did, why does he have to go to the cross? He could just walk around and announce everybody's sins forgiven. If this was, this man committed a particular sin and Jesus can just wave the sin away without any acknowledgement, without any confession, without any repentance, well, then he could do this for everybody and then everybody will be saved. The truth of the matter is, is Jesus is not free to simply erase sins that are never acknowledged or dealt with. For those reasons, I don't think this is a forgive a sin and get a healing story. If it was, my message to you today, God's message to you today, would be whatever you're going through, relational, financial, social, at school, whatever it is, 
There must be something in the midst of it that you're not doing right. Find that thing, confess it, and wait for God to work. That's a very valid message, but that's not God's message for us today. There's a third option for what's going on in this story. And this is an option I would call a salvation story. And the issue in this story, if it's option three, which I think it is, is not paralysis. The issue in the story is separation from God. If that's true, then the root solution is neither faith for healing nor confession for a particular sin, but drawing near to God. Matthew leaves out one of the details of this story that Mark and Luke give us. That's really the most memorable part for lots of people. The man is paralyzed and his friends dig a hole in the roof and lower him down so that he can be near Jesus. And the emphasis is, is the problem is, is the man wants to be near Jesus. He is currently separated from him. This is why neither the man nor his friends ever ask for healing because I don't think that's why he's there. I don't think they've brought him there to be healed. I think they brought him there because he can't get to Jesus by himself. And he simply wants to be near Jesus. So they dig a hole in the roof. They lower the guy. When Jesus watches this happen, he says to the man, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. He's not talking about a particular sin. He's talking about the fact that because this man wants to be near Jesus, the thing that hinders all of us from being near God, which is our sins, because this man has the faith to believe that Jesus is God with us, Jesus sees this faith and announces to the man, take heart, you are saved. Take heart, the thing that separated you from God is gone. You now exist in a state where your sins are forgiven. I actually don't think the paralysis and the healing is the point of the story. That's a secondary benefit. The real point of the story is the man wants to be with Jesus. And when Jesus sees that faith, he says, well, that's all you need for salvation. That's all you need for you and I to have a relationship. And I think this story is not a healing story. It's a relational story. Since it is, I think there are three insights that God has for us today from this story. For whatever situation you're going through, it might be a sickness, it could be anything else that you're dealing with. Insight number one. God loves us enough to choose the harder road to be in relationship with us. In verses three to five, the people who are watching this realize something bigger is going on here than a healing story. Verse three, at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. You wouldn't say that in a healing story. 
Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Jesus' point is, number one, neither one of those phrases is very hard to say. Literally, say this with me. Your sins are forgiven. Go ahead, say that. Okay, now ready? Say the next one. Get up and walk. Was it harder to say one than the other? No. They both have four words. They're both pretty straightforward. Jesus is not talking about the words that are uttered. What he's getting at is that if he says, get up and walk, pulling that off, no sweat. He's just going to say the words and it's going to happen. If he were to simply say, I forgive you, well, that's not that hard either. If you sin against me, if you come up and yell at me after the service or do something, I can forgive you. That's not that hard. If this was just one thing that a guy had done to Jesus, he could just simply say, I forgive you. That's not that hard. But when he says, your sins are forgiven, he's not talking about words. Jesus is signing himself up to do what is necessary to be able to have a relationship with this man, which means the cross. Amen. That's why he says, it would be a lot easier if I just showed up on this planet and healed everybody. He wouldn't even have to come to the planet. God can simply say from heaven, be healed, and every one of us and all of the issues we got would simply go away. It's a much, much, much different deal for God to have a relationship with us. And the point is, Jesus loves you and I enough to do what was necessary to have a relationship. And that required him going to the cross. It is actually not possible for God to simply speak sins away. They have to be paid for. They have to be dealt with. Jesus cannot say the words, your sins are forgiven, and simply have them gone. What he's doing when he says your sins are forgiven is he is signing himself up to go and pay for all of them. That's why people marvel that he has the authority to do it. It's not the authority to say those four words. We all just said them together. It's the authority to pay the price to make it happen. And the purpose is, if this is a healing story, God can just wave his hand and heal you whatever you need to be healed from. And that's wonderful if he does. Something much, much deeper is going on here. And it's evidence of how much God loves you that he is willing to pay the price to have the relationship with you. Second insight is that God cares enough about you and I to not only address the root issue of relationship, but also to help with the symptoms too. I love the fact that this guy gets healed. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is establishing a relationship between the man and Jesus. But Jesus not only loves this person's eternal soul, he loves him. He knows this guy would like to be healed. Never once does the man or his friends ask for healing. But guess who knows he wants to be healed? 
Guess who knows that he's longed to be free of this paralysis? It's Jesus. And the great thing about having a relationship with Jesus is you have a relationship with someone who cares about everything that you care about. And the good news this morning is not just that you can have a relationship with God through Jesus, but you can have a relationship with a God who cares intimately about racial sensitivity, about English class, about money issues. God cares about your family. He cares about what's going on in your life. Everything you care about, he cares about. And the good news of the relationship is you have a relationship with somebody who has the power and the ability to do stuff about the things in your life. He may not. Because that leads us to point number three. Which maybe is less of an insight and more of a challenge. And the challenge is, will you and I love God enough in return that our primary goal is not just getting our issues taken care of, but drawing closer to him. What I mean is if you're a little like me, we spend a lot of time praying about issues. Dear God, please help my kid to make the team or dear Lord, please help me to have a friend at school or dear God, would you please take away the back pain or dear God, would you help me to be able to figure out how to pay this week's rent? Dear God, would you enable me to have some peace or anxiety or some freedom from anxiety in the middle of my life? We pray about issues and that's okay. But this passage is about something deeper going on. And the deeper thing going on is, hear this correctly. God has allowed the man to be paralyzed to show him his need for a relationship with Jesus. The paralysis is what brings him to Jesus. The paralysis forces him and his friends to exercise faith so they can draw close to Jesus. And the question for you and I is, to be honest, I'd like it if this was a healing story. Because then I could just send you out of here and go, well, go have some faith and ask God to heal you. I'd like it if it was a confess your sins story because I could tell all of you, hey, knock it off. Confess your sins and experience God's grace. This is a harder story because not only is Jesus choosing a harder way for us, he's asking us to love him enough in return to choose a harder way back. Are we willing to say to God, whether or not you take care of this issue, whether or not there's money in the count tomorrow, whether or not I'm going to another school day with no friends, whether or not this back pain is here when I wake up tomorrow, whether or not I'm still single with, with, with no prospects tomorrow or not, I want to have a relationship with you. The danger with the God who heals is that we can begin to look at him as simply somebody who can do stuff for us. And in Jesus' kindness, he loves us more than that. We did not just get saved by Jesus so that we could serve him. We got saved by Jesus so that we could love him and so that he could love us. And so here is the challenge. 
if this was a faith healing story, and there are those in the Bible, and when we get to them, you're going to hear me say, I think the application from today is, is you got to ask God to help you have more faith in the situation that you're in. That's a valid application for some other passages. If that was today, this would be my message, but it's not. If this was a confess your sin and you will experience blessings from God, there are stories like that. When we get to those, you're going to hear me say, hey, look, there's probably something going on in your life. That issue probably has a sin related to it. Figure that out, confess it, and allow God to bring healing. But that is not the message today. God's message to you and I today is, I love you. Will you love me in return? whether I take care of the issues or don't take care of the issues. I've allowed the issues in your life so that you and I can journey through them together. And the encouragement to you this morning is will you today maybe take a break from praying about getting the issue solved and simply ask Jesus, in the middle of this, would you draw nearer to me and would you help me to draw nearer to you? Let's pray together. Lord, we want our issue solved. We want them gone. We want just smooth, easy, nice, no suffering kinds of lives. Thank you for loving us too much to give us what we're asking for. Lord, I do pray. You know our hearts, Lord. You know there are people who are paralyzed who want to be able to walk. You know that there are those struggling with cancer who want to be healed. You know there are those, those who are lonely who want to have friends, Lord. You know all that, we are, that all that we are struggling with. Thank you that we can cast our cares on you and leave them in your hands. But forgive us, Lord, for sometimes loving the stuff more than we love you. Lord, we don't want to make an idol out of the blessing or out of the gift, and forget about the blesser and the giver. Jesus, thank you for choosing the harder road for us. Please help us to choose the harder road for you. Be near us in this, God. We want to be near to you. Amen.